0: Hi, this is Donna Otto and Modern Homemakers and I want to start our show and time together today with this quote from Martin Luther. We are not now what we shall be, but we are on the way. The process is not yet finished, but it has begun. This is not the goal, but it is the road. At present all does not gleam and glitter but everything is being purified. Not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther. Moms, wives, women of faith and seekers of Christ, I welcome you. I welcome you, welcome you, welcome you to this time we have together. Thank you for joining us and our team here at Modern Homemakers. Thank you for your notes and emails of affirmation, your financial gifts, your support, letting us know that what we're doing is encouraging you. I've never been so thankful. I've never been so grateful. And I want to remind you that you are doing a good work. You are doing a good work. And you're saying to yourself, she doesn't know me and she doesn't know what I'm doing. And I don't exactly, but I do know and see what the life of a mom, a wife, a woman of faith, and those of you who are seeking more of Christ. I know what it looks like. It's hard. It's, it's been disjointed. Uh, for some of you who have had regular habits of quiet and Bible reading, and journaling, and the freedom to take a nap in the afternoon, or just get in your car by yourself. It's been taken away. It's been taken away. And those people whom you love and are committed to, your children, your husband, your own diligence at becoming a deeper and more sincere woman of faith, the seeking of Christ. It's all been thwarted. It's all been changed. And while some of you are saying, Yahoo, I can stay up all night long, sleep to whenever I want to, and the kids will leave me alone, they're teenagers. The truth is that it takes its toll. It sounds like fun, and yahan, great vacation time. Yeah, but now it's been 12 weeks, hardly a vacation, hardly a vacation. And as I often say to young moms who who, you know, they, they look at me like they're pulling their hair out of their heads, saying, oh, my gosh, I can't make it. What am I going to do? These children are driving me crazy. And I say to them, are they on a schedule? And she say, I can't get them on a schedule. And I say, get yourself on a schedule. Because being on a schedule, it just changes your life. And nobody's been on a schedule. None of us have been able to be on a schedule. Like, what next... When is the food going to arrive? Because you have to have a delivery. Because you can't go to the store, or you can only go to the store at a certain time, etc., etc. Your husband took over one of the guest rooms because, oh, he took over one of the children's bedrooms, and now the children are sleeping together and not liking it very much. I've heard tremendous adaptations. Day after day, we are dealing with the continuation of training and developing the lives of your children infants and teenagers and everything in between they don't jump up and down and say thank you do they i remember saying that as a young podcaster if you're looking for a thank you from this gang of yours get over it and i used to often call it that this is a 25-year investment and it is but let me just tell you in 25 years they may say thank you and p.s walk out the door This is not why we do what we're doing, but these times are making it harder for you. But you cannot fail at the job you're doing. You want me to say that again? You cannot fail at the job you're doing. It is holy work and it is being done in a holy home and we've been talking about that home being holy ground. And I've been thinking and preparing for this tour of our homes, room by room, and how we can keep the terra firma holy. And I've been reminded that, yes, you are holy ground. And you are a space. Do you ever think of yourself as a space? When we're talking about homes and we're talking about four exterior walls and four walls within a house of four walls to make a room, You are a space yourself. You are a space. And as I chatted with you last time about you are holy ground. You are what makes the ground of your home holy. You are a presence. Your space is a presence wherever it goes. In the four walls of your home and the four walls of each room, you are a space. So I'm asking you, how are you? How are you? And Some of you have told me, I'm pulling my hair out. I'm exhausted. I I feel unsettled. I feel fearful. I'm concerned about what I'm doing with the children. I, I didn't sign up for homeschooling. I'm really not homeschooling. I'm really not home managing. I'm concerned about their academics. I'm wondering if this will ever end and will school start again. My job is demanding. My husband's job is demanding. I mean, there are a lot of things going on. How are you? And I want to ask you today, are you taking seriously the ways God is desiring to transform you in this time? Are you taking that seriously? It doesn't look like God has much of a plan, does it? It doesn't look like our country has much of a plan. It doesn't look like we can have much of a plan. It doesn't look like anybody's in control of anything. A pandemic is what it is. But I want to remind you that God is in charge. And I want to remind you that taking seriously the ways that God desires to transform you. Another you spat with your husband. Well, the proximity will do that to anybody no matter how much you love and care about one another. I mean, it's awfully close quarters in whatever you're all living in together. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about being transformed from one glory to another glory. We are being transformed. What does transformed really mean? I like it. It's a multisyllabic word. It's formed. I like forming. I like the notion of it being bigger than just the simple word of change. But it's really change. In the continuing process of a pandemic, when all are doing or used to do so much more to make our walk of faith more serious, just going to church together, just worshiping together, going to our Bible studies, those of us who lead them, or go to them. It feels like the future is standing still. But I want to say to you, the future is still before you. The future is still before you. And even if it does feel, not a bit, But a lot of cloudy and gray, even if it does feel that way, even if it is that way, even if your economics are askew, even if the house is askew, remember that God and taking God seriously about how He desires to transform you in this process is up to you. It's up to you. The future is still before you, and He is still beckoning you. Now I'm past the child-rearing years as you know, and I'm really past the creative marriage times of years, but I'm still married and I still have a house to run and I still do have ministry and work. And all I can say about it is I'm plodding along. I'm I'm plodding along, plodding a little. Yet I hear Christ saying to me, are you taking seriously the things I want to speak to you about, Donna? during this time? Are you taking seriously my continual call? What does Jesus call us to? He calls us over and over. Come, come, come and continue on in the journey with me. It doesn't just start and stop. It's going on whether you're taking it seriously or not. It's going on. And I want to challenge you to pause and take seriously. It's a clear path, and the goal is always union with Christ, union with God, union with the Spirit, union with the Trinity. That's our ultimate goal. And depending on your church history, the Trinity evokes a a myriad of very different thoughts and images. In Mark and in Matthew, when the discussion of Christ being acknowledged by his father as he's coming out of the baptismal tank, so to speak, the Jordan River. And the dove descends and the voice of the Lord says, well done, I am pleased with this, you my beloved son. But the words that immediately follow, and we've talked about this as far as wilderness experiences, the words that immediately follow are, and the spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. Are some of you pining for 12 weeks ago, when you were immersed in a great Bible study and your pastor was doing a great sermon series, and you had time to linger in the Word or write in the journal or listen to a podcast, and now everybody's fighting for all the technological tools so they get to do what they want to do. Wait a minute. The Spirit still is immediately driving us. The Spirit, one of the members of the Trinity, Just after God the Father has said to Jesus his son, well done, the Spirit drives him into the wilderness. I love that. I love the fact that he he didn't go to the wilderness because it was put on him, or he was beset with sadness or cloudiness or grayness or a pandemic. No, the Spirit drove him. And I want to remind you that God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are still in charge of this universe. Am I saying God made the pandemic? Am I saying, no, I'm not. Don't misunderstand me. And I'm not saying it's judgment. I'm not saying any of those things. I just want to remind myself and you that God is still firmly in charge. In these days of protests and marches and riots and more video coverage than I can bear. I don't know how you feel about it. Most of us have really seen the same video way too many times over and over. And isn't it? ironic or uncanny or intentional that the worst 10 seconds of anything that happened in one day is shown to us 100 times to implant in our minds what someone did to someone else. I was watching something on television just recently. At the end of the show, they showed clips of all the peaceful, walkers of all the peaceful protesters all over the country. And they listed city after city after city. And they showed these people walking along. No one was yelling. No one was screaming. No one was rioting. No one was looting. And I I can still feel what happened to me. I thought, I've seen the same thing over and over again. And it keeps depicting the worst part of it. And here is 90 seconds or more Of all the things I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen it. We had a young couple a few months ago, before the pandemic, who came to talk to us about their future. I I can still remember the last challenge we left them with, and that was, don't believe everything you see and hear. Listen for the voice of God. And I say that to you. I say that to myself. The opening quote was not Uh, Martin Luther King, which we've heard a lot of in these last days. This is a quote from his namesake, Martin Luther. We are not now what we shall be, but we're on the way. Mm -hmm. We're on the way, even in this cloudy time, even this pandemic time. The process is not yet finished, but it has begun. Don't forget that he who began a good work in you will finish it. This is not the goal, the way we're living and the things, this is not the goal, this is not your goal, but it is the road that we are on, and we are on this road together. In the unity, in many ways, we journey together, and in some ways, I find that so comforting. I may not like the road, and I may not like this part of the journey, but I love this part of knowing that you too Like me, and like my neighbor, and like my producer, we are all in this place of a little cloudy and a little gray and a little undone and a little wondering. It is where we are, and we're together in it, something that unifies it. At present, all does not gleam and glitter, the end of the quote goes on, but everything is being purified. These words are a balm to my battered soul. I am so touched by the fact that I'm on this road and I'm on this road with you, mom, wife, woman of faith. We're not finished here. We're not defeated. We're not fearful. And if we are, they are momentary passings. We are on the road together with him. And please don't let the evidence of things seen defeat you or cause you to lose your hope because that is not our faith. Recently, I've been talking to too many women who are saying, I'm wondering why I married this guy. (laughs) And my response is proximity will do that to you. That'll do it to you with your kids or your husband. Noise and clutter will do that to you. Moms are saying, I love my children, but proximity will do that to you too. And you wonder, why in the world did I ever say, I wanted to have a child, much less two or three or five or homeschool them? But this is not the end of the story. We're on the road, and I want to remind you of that. I want to ask you though, where are you going? Are you longing for more Christ-likeness in your head, in your heart, in your hands? You're not alone. We are all in this part of the journey together. I know, everything takes longer, and everything is more difficult. I've mentioned to you that my husband and I are in the transition, now a transition that's been going on for six months of a move. Yeah. Did you ever hear of a six-month move? We didn't either. We didn't know they existed. Um, there have been days when we've wondered why we even considered this. But I realized everything takes longer. And may I tell you, when you do not have a kitchen, every meal takes longer. And, and people have said to me, what do you mean you don't have a kitchen? I mean I don't have a kitchen. I don't have a sink in my kitchen. I don't have a stove in my kitchen. I don't have an oven in my kitchen. I do have a freezer and a refrigerator. Everything takes longer. And if you're just running the store to get a gallon of milk, you have to wait in line to get in the store, and you have to make sure you have your gear before you get in the store. Then you have to wait in line six feet away from everyone else, and then you have to go around everybody, make sure that you don't get six feet close to them. And social distancing matters. Don't poo-poo it, girls. Don't say, I'm done with this, I want to get out of here. Don't be cavalier with what the medical people are telling us may take this pandemic even longer to get past if we're not careful, look together with me at the fact that you are not alone, and that their deep desires and feelings of inadequacy produce that. Shedding vice and securing virtue, as Jonathan Bailey describes, is becoming more like him, and it can be long, and frustrating, rewarding, and painful. Full of promise, and dark and gray, all at the same. This is just another evidence of it. This closeness comes in degrees, revelations of why we do what we do, the false side of ourselves that put up a front to say, I'm really hurting, I'm really done with this. I I have to tell you that vulnerability and transparency in these kinds of times is really key and it's essential because if you're boxing it in and putting up a good front these are the times when that can crush you instead of help you i'm not very good at transparency i've said this before and i i i desire so much and i i sometimes don't know my boundary of it well is transparency tell you everything no it is not his, his vulnerability telling you, oh, well, if I choose to tell you a sad part of the story, is that vulnerability? No, it is not. Vulnerability is hearing God say, this is a time to ask for help. This is a time to say, this is really hard and I don't think I can do it by myself. I don't think I can do it by myself. Uh, a few weeks ago, I did that. I did that with someone and the upshot of it was... Something that embarrassed me, I embarrassed me because I connected them, and I was taking responsibility and not trusting God in it, so I was describing what I just described to you about my kitchen, only I was being very vulnerable, and I was saying i don't know i don't know if I can have another meal i don't know if I can do what it takes to get the simplest two eggs together or and the person I said that to talked to the person she wanted to talk to, and they talked to somebody who talked to somebody, and before you know it I got this email that said, we'd like to bring meals for the whole month. And what did I say? Oh no. And as the word came off my lips, I could just feel the Spirit saying, oh no, no, this is a yes, this is a yes. This is your vulnerability and my meeting that need. You are weary from what you've been doing through and you're not 21 anymore. (coughs) I love Jonathan Bailey who describes this idea uh, in a mortgage form. Isn't that a practical term? I've never seen or thought of that myself. So what we're doing is like paying off a mortgage. Most of us have one or we've had one at one time or another and you pay it off in small payments Small payment after small payment after small payment, and one day you burn the mortgage. Like, you did it, you paid it. And I think that's how we rid ourselves of the junk and messiness in our lives. So one piece and one piece and one piece. And that ability to rid ourselves is paid back in true and ongoing transformation. We give a little and we grow a little. How do we stop being selfish? We give up a little and we grow a little. We talk to someone about how we feel about the kitchen and God sends a response and I grew a little in receiving. I gave a little. Inch by inch, new discipline upon new discipline. This practice, he has changed our lives and voila. There is transformation. This small thing. You say, Well there's no time for reading. There's no time for there's no time for Bible study. There's no time for I I look back and I know I've said this many times in this broadcast. I look back to the time when I said, I don't get to read. I never get to read. I love to read. I never and my friend said, Put the book in the bathroom and I thought, Well, that's the silliest thing I ever heard of. But I trusted her, I put the book in the bathroom. It was amazing what 10 or 15 minutes a day did, and how many books I got through. Well, that's what I'm suggesting to you. I know it's mayhem. I know it's not normal. I know you don't have the quiet spaces. Borrow one of the kids' headphones, sit in the middle of the room with a pair of blindfolds on, and find a place for quiet. It's like 15 minutes in the bathroom. Inch by inch, a new discipline grows. I want to remind you of this lovely book, which I so often refer to not only the author Richard Foster, but his first book, which was called The Celebration of Disciplines. He wrote that book 45 years ago. It feels like it was yesterday. It is still groundbreaking. It will always be one of my favorite recommendations. He divides our growth into inward, outward, and corporate. Very simple, inward, outward, and corporate. And then he gives you things to consider. Are you feeling a need for more inward? Mm, He talks about meditation, you know, meditate on me day and night. Think about me, meditate on the word, prayer, fasting, and study. Did you hear that? Prayer, fasting, and study. Might be a good time to fast something. It might be a good time to put them all in front of the TV and go in the other room in the bathroom with a book. I mean, I don't know. Fasting. And then he talks about the outward things and he talks about simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. Oh, maybe this is a time to remind yourself what God has called you to do in serving your family. We're doing it. It's hard, it's tedious, it seems awfully consuming. And I don't have a lot of time left for solitude. But these are disciplines that help our outward walk of faith inch by inch. And a new you happens. We don't do the practice for the transformation. We do the practice because it leads us to transformation. And then, lastly, the corporate side of who you are confession, worship, guidance, celebration. Well, celebrate with your family if you're not having worship at the church. Disciplines are not done out of duty. Oh, you can if you want to but they're usually not very fruitful and often they feel like a burden. Disciplines are done, are practiced out of devotion, not perfectly, but with great purpose because our purpose is rooted in love. And we have talked many times about my favorite book of the Gospels and that's John. But John 15 tells us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and you will have joy. It's not conditional. It's not a conditional statement. It just says, if you love him enough to do his commandments, both private and and corporate, then you will find joy. And if right now in the middle of a pandemic you're feeling very joyless, maybe it's time to consider it. Remember, disciplines are not the answer. They only lead us to the answer, and the answer is Jesus. Practicing them is a grace. Put on a new practice, a new small practice during this pandemic, one that you felt a longing for for a long time. Put it on and wear it in love. Moms, wives, women of faith, and those who are seeking more of Christ, this is a time to experience the holy ground deep in your soul, the hunger for transformation from one glory to another. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. And I want to remind you that the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of taking a one-inch step toward transformation.